Good Wednesday evening. Welcome to another edition of the Sideline Junkies Wednesday Wind Up. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy KG coming to you possibly on a solo tip. Like I always tell you, we're going to have a good time, but we ain't got a long time. So we're going to jump right into this thing quickly. A few things, as you can see, from the description, there's a few things that are on the minds of the sideline junkies. First and foremost, Dennis Schroeder owes an apology to Pimp C. Top top notch pros get the most, not the lesser. And, and that's the motto. He had a chance to sign a four year, eighty four and a half million dollar extension. With the Los Angeles Lakers, who are just like my Chicago Bulls, just like the Brooklyn Nets, heavy title favorites. And he turned it down. He turned the deal down. Turned the deal down and chose to go to Boston. One year, $5.9 million. Bruh. Who in the world advised him to do something that stupid? And ladies and gentlemen, we had the man of the hour, Tower Powell, too sweet to ever be sour. Delante joining us. What's up? Long What's time. Up? Yeah, long time. What's going on, brother? Not much, man. I'm home from work. Uh, you ain't get caught in that rain, did you? Uh, no, not really. Uh-uh. Okay. Now, Talking about Dennis Schroeder here. Oh, he, he, yeah. Uh, 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 Shannon Sharp said he fumbled the suitcase. Hell, they done lost the whole damn plane. And I agree. How do you get a chance to make $84 million, turn it down from a championship contending team to take $5.9 million from, uh, Boston? And you're going to be a backup player in Boston. Not only that, there's a chance they might be bringing Isaiah Thomas back as well. That's the only way you're going to ever write that curse. If you notice, Boston hasn't done anything of significance since they traded IT. Yeah, that was was an extremely poor taste. That man lost his sister, came back, took uh, took that team to the conference finals. You know, they just showed no loyalty. I mean, I understand his business, but... Come on, Daniel. But as far as uh, Mr. Dennis goes, yeah, he, 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 he fumbled everything. He fumbled everything. Which is why I'm going this Instagram. They, they turned this, they, uh, comments completely off. Mm. I will turn the comments off with as well. I have the opportunity to uh, obtain 84 million. And then I lose out on 79 of it. What a litany. Terrible, terrible. Now, last season with the Lakers, just last season alone, he averaged 32.1 minutes per game. That was a career high. He shot 43% from the field, 33% from behind the line, 84% from the line. He had three and a half rebounds per game, 5.8 assists per game, career high 1.1 steals per game. Uh, But he only averaged 15 points a game. Um... And they were getting ready to give you $84 million from that. $84 million from those stats. Uh, Jeez, man, I don't even know. I don't even know what to say. But damn, dog, how you mess up. You're never supposed to mess up the church's money. And you you messed up the church's money big time. Everybody say he should fire his agent. I've heard people say he should find himself. It's bad. I'm sure he's not represented by In the playoffs, though, last year's playoffs, six games, he started all six. He started 61 games last year out of 61 played. Um, 32.7 minutes per game in the playoffs, 40% from the field, 30% from behind the arc, 
still 84% from the line. Uh, three rebounds, 2.8 assists, one steal, and he averaged 14.3 points. You know, but this is the same guy that said that he wasn't going to be a bench player anymore. He was going to be a starter. He was determined to be a starter. I'm all for betting on yourself, which is great. It's great when you bet on yourself. Because if you don't bet right. on yourself, nobody else going to bet on you. Amen to that. But now he bet on himself and lost $79 million. So, dude, you got to come back 10 times harder this next season. And you got to you gotta be the driving force behind Boston getting over the hump. I, so, I, I I think it's gonna be tough in Boston. Um, the Temple Walker experiment at it works. Um, and they're talking about Brady, a couple of the other key pieces. Um, and Aaron Davis around will turn up in the trade. But every time Marcus Smart, he got the uh, um, you didn't got real loaded, brother. I can't really hear you. Oh, okay. You hear me now? Slightly. You're getting a little louder. You still low? <laughs> nah, you low. Now, what I did hear from you was Kimball Walker. Now, you know they traded Kimball Walker to uh, New York. Kimball's back in Madison Square Garden. Uh, so that's that's why they said they need a point guard help, and of course they said he'll be backing up. Marcus Smart and you know, but that's Tatum and and Brown's team with Smart. He gonna still be coming off the bench because he he he's basically a bargain basement, uh, a a a a bargain basement um player, and it's crazy. And I found out who his agent is. Dennis Schroeder's agent is Adamola Okalaja. Now, for those of you all that don't remember, Adamola Okalaja was one of those reserves off that great, those great 90s UNC team from 95 to 99 with Antoine Jameson, Vince Carter, Ed Coda, Shaman Williams. That's that Adamola Okalaja is his agent. I, I I am severely disappointed in that cat that you would fleece your mans out of $79 million. It's amazing. It's amazing. But yeah, that he should be fired. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I got you now. Yeah. He, he, yeah. His, his agent should be fired. You know, Adam, Ant, whatever his name is, that man should be fired. <laughs> they cut them comments off on, on Instagram. Dude, my, my brother, you got a lot more work to do than that. That's 79 million dollars you're out of. Fire, fire your agent, man. Fire your agent. Sign with Clutch Sports. See all them guys, they getting top deals. You know what I'm saying? Just make up for the loss, man. Well, I mean, well, you, you're locked in now, but hey, hopefully next year you make up for the loss. You know, the same thing happened to Nerlens Noel a couple years ago. He left $70 million on the table. Yeah, no, he's and now he, 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 Yeah, but now he's getting his money. I think uh, New York paying him. New York, let, let me check that. I think New York giving him a, a nice pretty piece of change. Nerlens Noel, what you got here? Um, He signed a one-year contract last year. Now he's got a three-year – he signed uh, early – well, a week ago, he signed a three-year, $32 million deal. It ain't 70, but damn it, it ain't $5 million. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He can feed his family. I mean, he can feed your family with the, the, uh, the one-year deal he had. Yeah. But then again, their way of living is different than ours, but $32 million, yeah, man, maximize your earning potential. That's absolutely true. Now, we're going to stick with the NBA. This is a hot-button topic. It's been blowing up all over Twitter. All over Twitter. Um, he went to undertake the theme music. Oh, <laughs> 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 P. 
P.J. Washington, Paul Jermaine Washington Jr. Uh, 12th overall pick in the 2019 NBA draft of the Charlotte Hornets out of, out of Kentucky. He's a Wildcat. And he is going through it. He met up with a uh, Instagram model. I don't I've never heard of this chick. I don't know her. Brittany Renner. Um he's met up with her. They she allegedly allegedly Brittany Renner met him when she was 27 and he was 17. She groomed him. Waited until they were he was of legal age to have sex with him. Had sex, got married, got pregnant. When she had the baby, 2 weeks after she had the baby, she secretly divorced him allegedly now she's going to get 200k a month allegedly so i'm gonna let you handle this first delante because i'm just i'm sick to my stomach about it and it's he he tweeted out a response to the story cap so he's saying it's all cap but i'm gonna let you take that first and you tell me what your thoughts is I got a few things. One, where where are the people around him? Did he did she groom him to the point where he separated himself from his his circle? That's what I want to know. Two, I, I hope you know he's sitting somewhere planning to appeal. You know this this decision. I mean, if it is true, this is one of the most heinous things that 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 can happen. Period. You get groomed. You know, what I'm saying your nose is wide open. You know what I'm saying? Granny, I've seen the pictures. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and speaking from a man's point of view, yeah, you know, she, she got body yaddy, or as they say, sun's out, buns out. You know what I'm saying? Sun's out, buns out. I'm going to say, you know what I'm saying? Not blind, but like, like you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's, it's, I'm sure you got an OG around you, like, you know, your dad, your uncle. You know what I'm saying? Like, like an older brother, you know what I'm saying? Like one of your friends, you know what I'm saying? Friends or something that could, you know what I'm saying, kind of screw you on getting yourself involved in, in, in that type of, you know what I'm saying? That, that type of foolery. You know what I'm saying? It's a video she posted with like these athletes are dumb. You know what I'm saying? It's easy to get a bag off of. You know what I'm saying? So, then, you know what I'm saying? So, she went like secretly. You know what I'm saying? Everything was probably going well. I'm, I'm sure they, you know, they, Probably weren't sleeping well, you know. Especially you have a newborn. Trust me, I know that. Well, we all know that. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's probably the only strike that they were dealing with. But you know, to, to do that two weeks after the baby was born, it's always oh, definitely obvious that you know what I'm saying. She, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. End this for the money. You know what I'm saying. Damn. You gone away again, D. Oh, sorry about that. Can you hear me now? Yeah, got you now. All right, so. 75% of this contract is, is going to be going to her. And 200, uh, 200K a month, I, I, I believe that I believe the figures, the numbers will drop, but even still, that's, that's too good, sir. Man, like, like, what? Like, I, I seen somebody post a picture of Chris Benoit, and, and for those who are familiar with the Chris Benoit situation, I'm, I mean, I'm not condoning that, but, uh, I mean, it's, Secret divorce, you know what I'm saying? The secret divorce and 200k a month. Man, you don't need no 200k a month to get it. You gone low again, D. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> you hear me now? Yeah, you keep. It's like you'll start out and then you'll slowly fade. Right. But yeah, I, you know what I'm saying. To, to wrap up my point, like I, I, I blame him. You know what I'm saying? He, he got to have like a, a smart family member around him to like kind of screw him. And hopefully he can get out of this situation. Agreed. And ladies and gentlemen, we are joined by the man that writes all the checks that keeps this operation running. The boss, BJ. Hey, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I hear you just yeah. fine. Okay, because I got the, you know, the low budget earpiece in, so I just want to make sure I'm coming through clear and, uh, you know, driving through the mountain. So, but um, I, I, I agree with Delonte. Um, where, where is his guidance at? Where is, 
you know, I don't know his situation. Like I said, I didn't, you know, really pay attention to him until this whole situation popped up. Um, and, you know, everything's allegedly right now until we figure out what's concrete. Because, you know, I know child support for men is, is upside down and, and, and a lot of strange things happen, you know, but in light of what's happening and what's been in the media of what she's done to him, I just can't see a judge throwing 200K at her just because, and, and then how do you secretly divorce somebody? Like that's, you know, all it, all it raises red flags and, you know, it's a saying that, you know, it's three sides to a story. So, um, you know, at, at 18 or, you know, whenever she started dating him, probably before 18, you're naive. You know, you're probably showing off to all your friends that you got an Instagram model and she's bad. And, you know, you hitting this every night. And, you know, man, I hope this is a lesson to all the young cats out there. Whether you're coming into the NBA, NFL, NHL, soccer, whatever it is, you rapping, whatever it is, if you come into a bag, you have to take care and be careful. You really do because there's women out here, not just her, there's women out here, period, that their whole come up is off a of man. And I'm not speaking to all women. We know the type of women I'm speaking too. So I want to clear that. Um, but it, it's a sad situation all the way around that now you had a baby with this woman and she's basically, you know, showed you that she's, you know, the maggots at the bottom of the, the garbage bin on a hot day. And now you have to deal with this woman forever, you know. Unfortunately, you know, it's just something that you know, but one thing for him is, you know, he can get a nice legal team. He definitely can do that and try to fight whatever it is coming his way. But it's just, it's a sad situation all the way around, man. And it's something that um, at an early age for myself, I saw firsthand, you know, how situations can develop from, you know, one thing to extremely the other side of the, 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 the coin. So, just gotta protect yourself, fellas and women. Women, you know it's fellas out here that, you know, that leech off y'all too. So, it, it, you know, it, it's not just one way thing, It's but it's definitely when we talk about these type of situations, it, it definitely is something that happens to men more than it does to women. And it's, it's just sad to see. I hope that all this alleged stuff that we're hearing kind of clears up and we can get some concrete. All right, this is what it is. This will happen. Maybe get a little bit more information. Um, you know, we've seen social media be biased and report, you know, the, the side of the story that looks good. Um, you know, and, you know, we just need to wait for all the information. But I hope he... I hope that somewhere down the line he can get um, custody of his kid. That, that's what I really hope. So um, that's all I got for that case. Well, my take on it, uh, we're, we're all fathers of sons. You know, I, I had a talk with Dario today that, you know, whenever you come into money, people going to come out the woodwork, you know, they don't always have your best interest in mind. They want to see what they can get. Cause when the money runs out, they disappear. I agree with you gentlemen. Where in the world was his OG? Where was his dad, his mom? And, and maybe they were around telling him this girl ain't for you. And, you know, being young, you think you in love. I love her, man. You're not going to keep me away from her. You know, we've, we've all had those. And, turned out to be toxic as hell oh, yeah. but the thing is and this is what i took from it I, it sad situation but now what if the roles were reversed what if that was a 27 year old woman i'm sorry a 27 year old man that groomed a 17 18 year old woman 
because she came into money and he was trying to get her pregnant to live off of her. And this is just allegations that we don't know how true this is, but if the roles were reversed, would 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 there be this level of outrage? Now what'd you say, boss? Now I was saying if the roles were reversed and this praying on a woman that young, it would be complete outrage. Yeah. They would the camp the exactly. cancel culture would be full, in full effect. They'd be trying to strip him of his contract, trying to get the bonus to release. It let, you know, it let it, the, you know, it, yeah, it's 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 a uh, it's crazy how you know, like you said, the roles reverses. You, you barely hear about it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, a certain female rapper admitted to drugging men and stealing stealing their possessions, and that materialized into nothing. But allegations against men, and this is why, you know, I say, you know, when I was making my point, like, men, you know, we, you got boys, everybody got boys. You gotta, you gotta teach them early, and like you said, you can teach them, but when a, when a, when a boy finds his first love, you didn't gone loaded, BJ. Yeah, I, I'm driving through the, the, the trees and stuff. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you now. Okay, I was just saying when a when a boy find you can you can teach your boys out the wazoo, but when a boy find his first, you know, quote unquote true love, it's really nothing you can do except let you know kind of run his course. Besides you having to step in, you know, you know if it's physical harm or something, but you kind of let gotta let them learn their own lessons. But this has just turned out to be an expensive ass lesson. Agree, agree. And this young lady, Brittany Renner, who's 29 years old now from Mississippi, she's an author. She's wrote a tell-all book called uh, Judge This Cover. Um, What was this? This is back in uh, 2018 that she, I guess she wrote this book. Um, Brittany Renner clowned after saying she slept with Kaepernick and he made her pay for flights while some slammed Renner and her new tell-all book. Others were were disappointed Colin smashed and dashed. So basically what's being said is she is another, for the lack of a better term, superhead. Sleep with celebrities, write a tell-all book. It becomes a bestseller because controversy creates cash. Everybody loves drama. So you write that, that tell-all book and then you expect to settle down and find love, but you're still up to your old tricks of being an industry piece, a pass around, a French fry, if you will. And, you know, I'm, mean, I'm looking at her a, picture. A Kardashian? Uh, there, there it is, a Kardashian. Because that's basically, is that what she's aspire, aspiring to be? Now, I'm looking at her pictures. She's cute in the face. Mm-hmm. She ain't got enough below the neck for me. You know, she got she got she look like she didn't missed a couple meals. She she's not she's not you know thicker than the snicker for me. So that's a no no for me. That's a no go. Um, I'm I'm like Drake. I like my women BBW. So yeah, that's a that's a no. But here's my thing. You're doing all of this. You're writing books, and this video has resurfaced of her saying that NBA players are dumb. You know, you can get a bag off of them because they're dumb. That has to hurt. That really has to hurt. That, you know, you think she wants you for you. Y'all got something special and then this happens. And then that video resurfaces of her saying something like that. That has to hurt. No doubt in my mind that has to hurt. So we're going to keep a close eye on it because, you know, it's sports related, but it's also related. And any advice as men that we can give to another man, you're damn right we're going to do it. But we talk about it all the time about how, you know, the the 80s and the 90s, you know, you had the OGs on the team to tell you to watch out for certain girls in certain cities because they were clippers. They would find your salary in a, pla- in a paper and clip it mm-hmm. and then try to get with you to try to get yeah. money out of you. you hey, it's KB, still going on to this day. You brought up a good point. Who's the OG on the Hornets team? Hold on. 
that's a good question because that's a young team. Uh, I think uh, what's what's the dude came from Boston? Um, saying, Rosier. It would have to yeah. be Rosier. Yep, he's the that, OG. Do they? I mean, is I know they. I know you you don't have it in front of you, but do they have any former players, assistant coaches, or whatever? Uh, hold on, I got you. I got you. Let me look at this. Like some somebody somebody um, somebody that could put something in his ear, and we, and we don't we don't know if if this happened or not. We don't know if somebody did put something in there like bro she's toxic you know what i'm saying you need to you need to walk be careful he like i got you man i got you. we don't know we don't know the story but i'm, I'm just trying to figure that's, out that's mirage yeah yeah that, that's what i'm saying he's young he got a famous chick already he in the nba mm-hmm. you can't tell you can't tell him shit. you know you can't tell I him mean, anything you got uh you got gordon hayward on that team uh oh man <laughs> yeah gordon ain't getting it like like he like like everybody else Ubre's there now but i mean you gotta you gotta think these guys gotta be gotta have been there the last two years and i would have to go back yeah. over the roster but the thing is with these young bucks they don't listen to us everybody say well you know y'all generation never tried to teach us no we tried y'all didn't listen yeah, they they know everything yeah Oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. No, 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 no. Listen, we trying to tell you something. It's not. And and I tell my kids this all the time. I tell anybody, if you can't be corrected as an adult, how do you ever expect to be successful in life? Here I am. I'm 39 years old. And every decision, every especially every huge decision, I'll have an idea. The first thing I do and BJ, you know, I'm not lying is I'll hit you. And I'll hit my wife. And I'll hit y'all at the same time, minutes apart, and I'll sit back and wait for y'all response. Sometimes y'all be on the same page and be like, yeah, but you got to think about this, this, and this. And the idea that we was kicking around earlier this week uh, about, you know, Virginia and things like that. Yeah. yeah. Y'all was on the same page with that. It was like, yeah, that'd be good. You know, you get everything that you need. It's money. But I got people I can bounce it off of. I know I can go to Delonte and ask him something, and he gonna be real. He ain't gonna be a yes man. Like man, you can go ahead and do that, and then I fall flat on my face. At thirty nine, I know I got people I can come to, and still give me advice and still give me guidance. I know I can go to Big Jim Junie. I can go to my mom. I can go to BJ's mom. You know, it doesn't matter. I can go to people that's not going to give me giant answers and set me straight. And when they set me straight, I'm not upset about it. I'm good with it. These young bucks don't feel that way. They feel like you're judging them and, 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 and you you trying to stop them from having fun because you're bringing real life into it when it's not that. We've made mistakes. And I say we, as in, you know, us that's in this generation of the 70s babies, the 80s babies, we made mistakes. We was the first ones that really got out the house and was on the streets. We made the mistakes. We trying to stop y'all from making those mistakes is the thing. That's all it is. That's all. Uh, but uh, last topic of the night. And then, you know, we, we out of here. This is from the desk of the boss BJ because this is a damn good question. And we got some we got a little response. The question of the day, should the Pro Football Hall of Fame have gold, silver, and bronze levels for an enshrinement? Now, the boss BJ asked this question because he was not he was trying to figure out a, a couple of questionable enshrinees over the weekend. And it made me think. What would we do if we actually had that? So I'm gonna throw it to you real quick, to you, Delante. If they would that be okay to have a gold, silver, and bronze level for a Pro Football Hall of Fame enshrinement? Um, I, well, I think as a fan, can y'all can y'all hear me? Good. Yeah, I got you. All right. I, so I think as, as from a, a fan standpoint, that would be on point, I, ideal even, but. Of course, you know, um, some players, you know, especially the, the older ones, no disrespect, they'll probably take disrespect to that and be like, oh, we well, you know, you know, feel like we're kind of dumbing it down. So, you know, let's kind of just keep it at least. Because if you ask me, I like the concept of a gold, silver, and bronze 
level, uh, you know, Hall of Fame induction. Um, you know, like Calvin Johnson, he, to me, he would be bronze. Yeah, you know, he was Megatron and all that, but I mean, uh, I, I can name 20, but you know, way better, probably 30 way better wide receivers, you know, before I name him. Uh, Peyton Manning, on the other hand, gold. You know what I'm saying? First five-time uh, NFL MVP, won the Super Bowl, you know, with, of course with the almighty Broncos, but with the Colts as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I would definitely be in favor of a gold, silver, and bronze level Hall of Fame, um, you know, type type of uh, induction. But, of course, you know what I'm playing today. But, uh, you know, it's kind of dumbing it down or like you know odds uh, you know it's kind of lessening it so they'll they'll probably just keep it as it is DJ? Can, can you hear me yeah i got you now all right just let me know because i'm i know i'm driving through trees and stuff but how let's just take you know because me, me and gary had this conversation and gary doesn't feel that drew pearson should be in the hall of fame at all he's a cowboy fan and I agree with Delonte about Calvin Johnson. I don't personally, this is my opinion. You can have whatever opinion you like. I don't think Calvin Johnson should have made the Hall of Fame. But I definitely agree with Delonte. If we have tears, he's bronze. Okay, yeah, he was dominant and stuff, but the whole body of the career, he didn't play that long. We have players that barely got in the Hall of Fame that had way better numbers at receiver than he did. Andrew Pearson. But they both have gold jackets and they can look, when they go to the Hall of Fame ceremonies from now on, they can look eye to eye with Peyton Manning and be like, I got a gold jacket just like you. That is preposterous. It's a, The NBA the same way. I felt like the last couple of years, the NBA Hall of Fame has been absolutely just like letting people in off the streets. Like for real. Like the Hall of Fame, and, and I'm going to copy my man Gary where it's the Hall of Fame is supposed to be the elite of the elite. Did you change the game? Would it, you know, it, it's, it's not just that. It's a whole body of your career. How did you contribute to this game? How did you change this game? On the field, were you dominant? Off the field, what was your demeanor? You know, did you help in the community? Did you win championships? Could you? Did you have somebody stopping you from winning championships? This is where, when I say that, this is where Eli Manning comes in. The majority do, does not think Eli Manning should be in the Hall of Fame. And I'm going to tell you why I think he should be. Okay? Because... Everybody, probably now everybody agrees that Tom Brady is going to go down as the greatest quarterback to ever do it. So if you say that, even if, even if Eli had boring regular seasons, pedestrian numbers, he had two times in his career where he stopped one, the 07 Patriots, which considered one of the greatest offenses ever. Who was quarterback in that team? One Tom Brady. And then it, I forgot the, the next year, but to do it again and take another Super Bowl away. And I know he didn't do it by himself. We're talking about the whole Giants team, but the person under the helm, he caught fire when it when it counted. Just like Nick Foles had to come in for uh, Carson Wentz. And he caught fire right at the right time to win the Super Bowl. Eli did just enough to get through the regular season, get to the playoffs and catch fire, get to the Super Bowl, making the throws that need to be made to win, to be the, arguably now the greatest quarterback to ever do it. We've watched Brady in and out, in and out, win games single-handedly, get that team in a position where somebody can kick a field goal. So this is what I'm talking about when you got to, take account of their whole career as a whole. Megatron, it, I don't even know how many times they made the playoffs, but you can't say he made a, a, a NFC championship. Like, he willed his team. He had a 14-catch game, and he willed his team to an NFC championship. You can't say that. He cut his career short. 
I understand why. But when you talk about the Hall of Fame, that has to go against you. And if you think that, and the other thing that kind of pisses me off, and I and KG, I'll let you roll with it. The other thing that pisses me off is that you'll take Calvin Johnson in on a short career, Drew Pearson in on a, on his career, which probably more than likely, like Gary says, not Hall of Fame worthy. But you still got special team players out here that made differences on their teams that are just sitting in the wings, probably will never get in. They're making a big deal about Devin Hester being eligible. If you get Devin Hester in it, and this this may be a biased opinion because I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, but if Devin Hester goes in before Brian Mitchell and Steve Tasker, two of the greatest special teams players to do it, we got an issue. We got an issue. Because you're not respecting what came before. And I, and it, and and that's part of the whole ambiance of the Hall of Fame. Pain. That's why you see the, the 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 some of the older players that's been waiting get in. Hey, we respect what you did. We know your numbers don't compare to now because that was a different era. We understand that, but we we appreciate your contribution to the game. And we, you know you're going to get in the Hall of Fame. How can you say that? With a straight face, and, and Brian Mitchell and Steve Tasker are not in the Hall of Fame. And I know I'm probably missing some other great special teams players, but those are the two that come to mind. Those are the two at the top. And it's just the, the Hall of Fame, the NBA the last probably three or four years, has some really, really, really questionables. I already know the next questionable for me to get in, he's going to get in probably first ballot, is Vince Carter. You tell me a team Vince Carter was on that you can say with a straight face, this team's a championship team. They added him to the team, and you were like, this team's a championship team. They're the favorite to win a championship because they added Vince Carter. You let me know a team he was on when he got added to that team or whatever, and he was the reason why that they were the championship favorites now. This man ran and dunked for 20 years. And he was he's, he's, he's one of the greatest dunkers of all time. If that's his contribution to the Hall of Fame, and that's what they say, then I'll accept that. But don't give me, the, you know, he was a champion. He was a GOAT. He's not a damn GOAT. We can stop that. KG, please take this mic from me, man. Take it. <laughs> take it. Take it. Look, I had to let you go because I knew where you were going. Now, I wish you would have told me when Gary said that about Drew Pearson. Because Gary's wrong. Drew Pearson is. And I, this is coming from a Washington football team fan. I hate the Cowboys. I hate the shiny star. I hate the little uniforms. I hate the biggest toilet bowl in America that is AT&T Stadium. I hate all of that. But I got to give respect where respect is due. Drew Pearson is a Hall of Fame player. He was the only offensive player on the 1970s all-decade team that wasn't in the Hall of Fame. They had put in Harold Carmichael. Harold Carmichael went in last year. Now, you remember that whole ordeal where they follow him around and just to tell him he didn't get in last year. They had to make up for that because he should have got in last year over Harold Carmichael, who was second team um, all-decade. All he was first team. And let, let me, I don't, I hate to interrupt you, but that's what I'm saying. This is the Hall of Fame. This ain't makeup. We're not making up to you. Either you, you deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, full-fledged gold jacket. Now we got to guess you're a second ballot, you're a third ballot. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just think of the, the players, we talking about top-tier players that are in the Hall of Fame, that these players get to look at eye level now, and I'm your counterpart because I'm in the Hall of Fame. You're not. You're not. You can't look at Peyton Man in the same way as you look at Calvin Johnson. The hardware ain't even the same. Do, do Calvin Johnson have hardware? No. Like, like play at a play in a year. I mean, I'm sure he got NFC Player of the Week and you know NFL Player of the Month. But I mean, do he have any like real hardware? Nope. He only have a division title. That's what I'm saying. 
but now when, when every time the, they go to to Canton to have a ceremony, he's gonna be wearing a gold jacket. He's gonna look across to Peyton Manning and be like, "Man, I'm on your level because I'm in the Hall of Fame." And damn if you are. When Tom Brady get in, and Drew Pearson, and John Lynch, Calvin Johnson, these players are looking eye to eye with Tom Brady because they got a gold jacket. That to me, that is just absurd. I got to channel my inner Stephen A. Smith. Completely absurd. <laughs> it is. It's just. It's like I'm sitting. I'm, I'm beside myself just thinking of the players that are on that stage with people like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, people that got enshrined like Walter Payton. Barry Sanders had a short career, uh, but had the numbers. That's what made him so great. Like. I can comp- I can p- compare him and Calvin Johnson. Calvin don't have the numbers. Calvin was just dominant when he played. Barry has the numbers and he had a short career. Barry walked away. When he walked away, KG, where was he at, uh, on the Russian list? Was he number one? Number two. Number two on the Russian list. Mm-hmm. You tell it before we get off the show. I know we got to go. You tell me where Calvin Johnson is on the receiving just reception. We ain't got to go to the yard. We can go to yards, too. Where is he on reception? It can't be top 10. Uh, no, he's only at a... Uh, Four yards. Uh, he's only at 11,000. Uh, let me 11, see. 11,000 yards. 11,000 yards. He is... Okay. Uh, let me see. Shit, he's not even top 20. <laughs> That's what I'm he saying, He is man. all the way down. He is 30 t- he's 32nd. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Now, if we're talking about him, he was top five when he left. Like, hell, put him in the Hall of Fame. This man. <sighs> hey, Jim, give you the mic back. <laughs> I, I, I sense your frustration. You know, you already know how I feel about the Hall of Fame as a Washington fan because of what they did to Art Monk. Um, what they do to the rest of the Hogs. I think the Hogs should have went in as, a, as one entity. Because of how dominant they were and what was made off of that. The Great Wall of Dallas was built behind the Hogs. You know, that that was the uh, the, the, the 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 um the blueprint. Now I look at Calvin Johnson and his numbers, I, I'm looking at players that's in front of him. Uh Michael Irvin's in front of him. And Michael Irvin was like the low man for me because I was like, you know, his career got cut short. Uh, matter of fact, Drew Pearson, where's Drew Pearson? Where is he at? Um, I don't even see Drew Pearson. Oh, is he in the 7,000? Yeah, Drew Pearson's way down there. Drew Pearson's 113, but his career was cut short also. So I, I will say that. Then you look at the, the, uh, all-purpose show. But you can't, you can't compare Pearson's numbers. They played in two. Yeah, you yeah. Could almost say you could almost say three three errors from each other. Yeah, because you so know you, the Cowboys of the seventies were a run heavy team. They had TD. You know, tough piece of leather, well put together. One of my favorite running backs. I, I mean, granted he was a cowboy, but I mean he was just a sweet runner. I mean, I can't you can't deny that. But uh, look at the the all time all purpose yards. The top ten players. In all-purpose yards, nine of them in the Hall of Fame. The number two player in all-purpose yards is the only one not in the Hall of Fame, and that is one Brian Mitchell. I'm just saying. I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, 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 Midnight Rider, it's a conspiracy. Yeah, it is a conspiracy. And go Giants. Oh, no. <laughs> but I, 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 I got to agree with the boss, BJ, because like I, I was – Telling the Midnight Rider on uh on the post. And if you haven't seen the post, go over to Facebook, Instagram, Sideline Junkies. The post is up there. It's the one with the thinking emoji. Weigh in on it. But I was telling him, it's a lot of Hall of Famers that are in the Hall of Fame that got, you know, kind of sketchy. As much as I love Joe Namath, Joe Namath is one of my favorite quarterbacks next to Johnny Unitas. I put Johnny Unitas above everybody because that's Johnny Unitas. But Joe Namath had one season, and that one season took him to the Hall of Fame. 
I think he's the only quarterback that has more interceptions than touchdowns that's in the Hall of Fame. It's a little sketchy. He saved the league. They were going to already be absorbed. That that Super Bowl three, they had already done the merger. The merger was going to happen the next season. That was the last world champ, the NFL AFL World Championship game. He didn't save the league. The league was already going to be merging with NFL. I think Super Bowl three was done. Yeah, I think just that the magnitude of that platform and the attention he brought. Like he he did change the, the the landscape a little bit because you know we talking about Broadway Joe, like every football fan know who Joe Namath is. You know what I'm saying, and 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 that's what I'm saying. Like, what did you do? You could have look to me. You could have a three year career. What did you do in that three years? Did you change the game? Were you absolutely dominant? Did you break records each season? Like you know what I'm saying. For Joe Namath, guaranteed. That's that was like the biggest, and still is one of the biggest moments of the league. We're talking about the league, not not the Jets, not the the championship. We're talking about the league, the Shield. That's one of the biggest moments ever. So, even though his stats don't kind of agree with that, you can't say the same thing about Calvin Johnson. There's nothing. That Calvin Johnson did for the Shield to make it like you know put it on like, like it's like one of them them debts like we, we you know that was when the, the league was building you know you know they were merging and it's just like one of them things that kind of catapulted it kind of like if you could compare it to wrestling like we need some controversy what can we do to stir up some controversy Joe Namath we need you to act like an ass <laughs> we need you to act like a complete ass for the next couple weeks and you know I'm not saying that's what happened but I'm just saying you know it brought so much attention to the league and to that game so I'm going to get off the mic again true and the Midnight Riders in the text window preach in sports, whoa, Megatron isn't a Hall of Famer. Are you serious? Yeah, we serious. Because, okay, if Megatron's a Hall of Famer with his numbers, with his numbers, is uh, Chad Ochocinco, Chad Johnson, a Hall of Famer also? Everybody tells me no. And, and, Ocho- and ben, ben, take take the highlights out of it for a second. I know what you're saying. This is the this is the response I get from everybody. You know what I'm saying? As dominant as, his, as he was, they did what they did, which was nothing. Nothing. So is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? <laughs> that's what I'm he saying. Been, now, he now, been now, now, my lifetime. That's what I'm saying. Now we can go down the line. If, if we just going off of, we just going off of, you know, what people did in their short, short uh, term. I mean, for. Wayne Corbett was hot for a second. Let's put him in the Hall of Fame. Like that, that's what I'm saying. Because at the end of the day, if you put these numbers, if I if I take the names off, because of course, if I line up Megatron and Julian Edelman, I put their numbers beside each other. KG, before can you please tell me how many catches Julian Edelman has and his um his his uh career of uh, receiving yards. Uh, how many catches Julian Edelman? Because I know Megatron. Yeah, Julian Edelman. All right, receiving yards. Julian, he has 6,822 receiving yards. Uh, let's see, receptions. Uh, hold on, Ben, I got you. I see you calling. I got you. Uh, Come on, come on, where you at? Of course, of course, of course, because I you want know, this. I can't find it. Of course, it is. That's, you know how that, that's all. 
Man, I want career. God, hold on. Of course, I can't find it. This is this is the hardest part of our job. I swear. That's why I love the Wikipedia app because I can get everything that I want right here. Um, regular season. I got you. Uh, 620 receptions. 620. Yeah. So what kind of Johnson have? Uh, seven something? I think so. I think what that's what got, it was. What he, what he got? Double, double yards? Yeah. But it's a lot of players that are ahead of Calvin Johnson all time on the list that are Hall of Famers, but nobody considers them Hall of Famers. Uh, Calvin Johnson has 731, 731 catches. Now I'm sitting here as you're talking. I'm sitting here looking at the list. I'm looking at the all-time uh, many, receiving many, yards list. How many Super Bowls did Julie Ellum have? Two. Two, right? I believe so. You give me Julian Edelman's career a hundred times out of a hundred over Calvin Johnson's with the Hall of Fame jacket that Calvin Johnson got. Now give me those two Super Bowls. But, I'll take it. Let me. Day. Let me, let me ask everybody a question. If Calvin Johnson is a Hall of Famer with his numbers, we're, we're just going strictly on numbers. If Calvin Johnson is a Hall of Famer, that means Heinz Ward is. That means Jimmy Smith is. Irving Fryer. And I'm just picking big names off this list. Henry Ellett. Anquan Bowden is up for next year. He's a Hall of Famer. Uh, Reggie Wayne's a Hall of Famer. Steve Smith's up next year. He's a Hall of Famer because he's number eight all time. And that's what I'm saying. Now that you put now that you put Calvin Johnson in, now you got to look at the list in front of him and like just like just just think about this. And you you brought up you 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 breaking up there, both. I you 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 still kind of choppy there. You, you kind of choppy. All right, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to drive out. All right. Yeah, All right. got you now. Can you hear me? If I, if, just think about how much they gave Art Monk. Art Monk retired. What, what was he in, in reception? Was he number one? No. Yeah, he was number one. He Thank was number one all time. He was number one all time in reception. When he, when he retired, he retired at the top of the list. And look how long it took for this. You gone again, BJ. All right. All right, Ben. He giving you the floor. He, he trying to get his mic straight. All right. So no, nah, I mean I I hear what you're saying numbers wise, and that's where this gets dangerous because if we base it strictly on numbers. Then the guys that are playing now, where 122 catches is a norm, are definitely gonna have better numbers. So you got to keep it in perspective of the time frame. Also, a couple things that reasons why Detroit didn't go anywhere was in the midst of Calvin Johnson's career, there's like a 60 to 50 game stretch where they never had a hundred yard rusher. So they're not they're, the only person they had was Calvin Johnson. And I don't know if y'all still remember the pictures of him being double teamed like he's a gunner on a punt team by several teams when they get to the goal line. Like, Calvin mm -hmm. Johnson made an impact in this league. It's not going to be – now, if he had played a couple more years, it would be better, but he's definitely a Hall of Fame guy because he changed the way receivers are looked at. Calvin Johnson is probably not taking anything away from Art Monk, but he's the predecessor to all the Julio Joneses and all these guys. He's the precursor. He set the foundation up for those guys. So this is where you get Calvin Johnson as a Hall of Famer. He has a, he has almost 2,000 yards in one of his seasons, 122 catches, almost 2,000 yards. And then the crazy thing is he only had five touchdowns that year. The year before, he had 96, 16, 81, and 16 TDs. He's the only guy on that team that was actually putting up any kind of numbers. Like, you have to give him his respect. You can't compare him to Julian Edelman because they're two different types of players. Because Julian Edelman comes in after the Russ Walker era. 
So once Bus Walker set up where you go to the slot, that's how Julian Edmond got his shine. You can't mm-hmm. like we're we're getting dangerously into is where we starting to push errors across other areas. Like I can't compare. I don't know if it was you or one of my other buddies, but they had a post of Lin Swan and um, John Stallworth as the greatest duo of receivers. I don't agree, but it made sense what he was saying. Four Super Bowls, both of them in the Hall of Fame. I get it. But you can't look at their numbers because their numbers are like the first two years of some guys, like 500 catches. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's dangerous when you start, and, and this window is smaller and smaller. Like you almost have to compare football in eight year windows, not 10 year, because this game is constantly changing. And you can never compare, I mean, it's different from 15 when Johnson left to right now because they don't change the rules and open up the offense more. So it's just a little bit of difference. And that's all I'm saying. I think he's a Hall of Famer. Hans Ward is going to be on the line. I think Hans Ward will need somebody else to get him in. And then the other thing we also got to remember is media driven. So, like, the guy, Gary Zimmerman, is part of the reason why Art Monk didn't get in until later because he wasn't a big Art Monk fan. And Art Monk had a reputation of not talking to the media. So that's where all that comes in. So some of this is, you know, how did you treat the media during your time? And that's the the problem that I have. It shouldn't matter. I think the media's vote should be out of it. I know the boss, BJ, we've kicked this around. Why not have the living Hall of Fame players vote on and their, their vote to this fraternity, this sacred fraternity of Canton, Ohio, let the people that are already there vote who should come in. Because you you, you, you leave the guys out. Have Constantly. you seen the Pro Bowl voting? <laughs> That's fan voting, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> right, but before, back in the day, it was a lot of the player stuff, and they would vote their boys in, and they would get a lot of guys. I mean, I think what people don't remember is a lot of these players don't watch anybody else play. So that's the only reason I don't like Hall of Famers or players being the voters. I like the media doing it only because there's a level of objectivity, but it's not true objectivity because, again, people have their favorites. Mm-hmm. You know? And then the boss, I have to give him a shout out because he, I was on the fence on Eli. He pushed me all over the fence. And I think Eli has two throws that makes him a Hall of Famer. The catch where um, David Tyree pins it to his ear. And then if you remember the second Super Bowl, they're pinned on the goal line. Manning throws like a 50-yard fly route up the sideline to Mario Manningham, which is on their last drive, the game-winning drive. So he's made some tremendous throws in those situations, and I think that's going to get him over the top. So I like to thank the boss for convincing me. See, I, I got to disagree with y'all. Before we get out of here, I got to disagree with y'all because Eli was Hall of Fame worthy the day that he hung his cleats up because his numbers at the time were comparable and right on line because everybody was saying Big Ben's a Hall of Famer, Philip Rivers, Hall of Famer. And I looked at the numbers. Eli's numbers were right there with Big Ben and Philip Rivers. And I, I swear – those three guys are Hall of Famers. I don't care if you don't like Eli. I don't care if you just think, well, he's just a Manning. That's the only reason why he's going to get in. No, he put the work in. He put the work in. And it wasn't flashy. It wasn't, you know, always the greatest. But, KG, I mean, I hear you. And the only other thing I would say is, I mean, I struggled with Kurt Warner getting there. It's like people forgot the five years in between, I mean, the four years between St. Louis and um, Arizona. Yeah. So, you know, it's a struggle for me sometimes because I feel like, I mean, we're going to get back into the topic that we talk about. Like sometimes it's funny how certain quarterbacks have a, get certain luxuries that others don't. And mm-hmm. I think Kurt Warner was one of those people that benefited from that luxury. Well, and look, we we, we, we we agree on some things, we disagree on some other things, but we we, we gotta that's why this is a show. <laughs> I, I gotta call this and agree to disagree, but I this is not the last time we're gonna have this conversation. 
This is not. So I'm going to say that. But we got to get out of here for the night. Don't forget, tune in tomorrow. Programming note, we will be going live early because my Washington football team plays their first preseason game, and I don't want to miss a minute of it. I want to judge these guys because I got to look at this uh, 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 this roster so I can do some sort of help to the boss BJ for a 53-man roster this season. Uh, maybe I'll get it right. Maybe I won't. Uh, but got to look at these guys so I can have some sort of contribution to the boss BJ and our, 50, our yearly 53-man roster show. So we'll be going early. I say the game starts at 7. I say we'll probably jump in here about 5. Do something short. Uh, go over um, hard knocks from last night. Training camp with the Dallas Cowboys. See what everybody thought about that. And, you know, whatever else comes up. So until then, for the man of the hour, Delonte, the boss BJ, the midnight rider, Ben, I'm the big guy KG. We don't do no overtime. We are out of here. Peace.